Yo. How you doing? Doing good. You? I'm great. I'm great. I'm phenomenal. I got a confession right off the bat. <laughs> what is it? I got a confession. I have not watched The Last Dance yet, man. Oh, man. I'm, I'm going to lose so much respect. Like... I mean, but they got, I mean, they got to have, they got to, I mean, they got to like sell that though, right? They got to like put that on like DVD or, or like Netflix or something, right? So there's lots of different ways to watch it, but they like none of, no, none of them are free, you know, like only on Netflix outside of the United States. And, uh, you know, they want you to have, you know, Hulu or Sling or yeah, uh, something like that. So I actually, I have like, I don't have cable. I know you probably don't. Oh, I, I don't, man. It's, it, again, it's just, how, it's just how you understand the system, right? <laughs> I, yeah. We don't have cable, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my homies does. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, you know what you know what you know I watched the last dance. Yeah, I I know you did. You you texted me. Uh, was it last night? And I seen it, and I was like getting ready for bed. I was I was I was mad. I was like, ah, dude, I'm like no respect right now. So well, I mean, we always goof around about like Mike Jordan shoes and things like yeah. that. But you but yeah. you and I probably geek out even more. About Mike Jordan mentality. Oh yeah, for you know, sure. I mean, that's all. Yeah, exactly. Killer I mean, instinct, Kobe, the Mamba mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so whenever you get around to it, it's just cool to see some of the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've been, that dude, dude's a killer. Yeah, I mean, I, I've a couple of the podcasts I listen to, they are doing like review, like reviews on it, mm. and stuff like that. So I, I mean, I, I've been hearing it kind of indirectly, but yeah. Man, the biggest thing from the last episode was like everyone just does their job and they do it as hard as they can. Yeah. So we talk about relationships and business partnerships and like, you know, if your job is to prospect or operations or whatever it is, like my takeaway from loving basketball and sports is like, well, these guys did it, you know, the, you know, Dennis Rodman, his job was to do this and like, that's all he did. Yeah. For sure, just so focused in. But don't worry, we'll we'll get our friendship. Yeah, even yeah, better, we'll, we'll get know, it. Like we'll get it, we'll get it, we'll get it, we'll get it. Uh, so, um, today's episode is someone close to you. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, guys. So today we have. Uh, well, I'm not gonna spoil it. I'll wait till we uh, bring them on. Uh, but I I feel like everyone's gonna really enjoy uh, who we have uh, today. So let's get into it. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Uh, today, Cooper's going to bring in a, a special guest, a good friend of his, a good mentor. Cooper, go ahead. Uh, hey everybody, uh, so I'm not going to stay long on the intro. Uh, this man doesn't need no intro. Uh, it is Jim Kramer, uh, NDSU strength and conditioning coach for uh, the NDSU Bison. Welcome, coach. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, so, coach... Um, you know, for we kind of have a routine that we go through and, um, you know, I feel like you're pretty known in the community. But uh, for those that don't know, um, can you just explain a little bit like, you know, who you are, 
uh, what you do, you know, why you do what you do? Uh, I'm a strength and conditioning coach uh, for NDSU athletics, and specifically um, over the years, I've just I've just had just have had football, um, which keeps me plenty busy uh, with with all the demands there, and with as much as strength and conditioning is branched out and as detailed as we've gotten, working with the players, work with the players on everything from uh, you know strength training to speed agility work to conditioning, I guess flexibility. Nutrition has always been a big component of what I do, but now we've we've been able to hire a full time nutritionist, and um, and have that uh, that that person to handle that. But there's still a lot of work that I do with nutrition, especially when you're working with a team the size of football, um, and in 95 to 110 athletes at different times of the year that, that you that you have with with football. Nice, nice. Do you um? Can you explain like how you got into strength and conditioning? Um, yeah, you know, I, I was always a gym rat, I guess you'd say, but not the gym rat that would hit, you know, shoot the basketball around. I was actually a wrestler and, but mm-hmm. I was, I always would spend a lot of time in the gym, uh, lifting weights. And it was a way that, I mean, I was a naturally strong kid. I grew up on a farm, um, in Southwest Wisconsin. So that some of that stuff came natural to me, I guess, and really, enjoy the lifting and using that to help me become a better athlete, football player, wrestler, uh, track and field athlete in that. Um, went to college, wanted to do something with sports and, and athletics, you know, uh, was looking at sports medicine or athletic training, but it was hard back then, or it is hard for a person that's wants to play college athletics. You have to become an athletic trainer or, or get into sports medicine. So kind of stuck with that route of, exercise science, um, physical education, and came across, I think it was my junior, senior year, somewhere in there, came across the um, information from our national organization, the NSCA, the National Strength and Conditioning Association. And, you know, I got looking through their journals because, you know, as a, as a, you're always looking, or back then we were always looking for valid information or reliable information, and it wasn't going to come from muscle and fitness. Just like today, you got to kind of watch what you read off the internet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Back then, mm-hmm. it was ma- muscle magazines and stuff like that. You didn't want to, you know, how, how scientific was did that seem? So you're always looking for something research-based in that. And the National Strength and Conditioning Association was um, was that. And I got looking at those journals and in the library at Wisconsin Lacrosse one day and going through those and starting to read more and more of them. I thought, you know, that's pretty cool. I, I, you know, someone can make a living by being a strength and conditioning coach and make a living by, you know, in the weight room telling people how to lift and all that. That's, that's pretty cool, pretty cool profession. So I, that's kind of what turned me on to that, uh, that profession and that. And, and I went to graduate school in a spot that I felt like was uh, someplace where that kind of research and that kind of information was, was emphasized because back then a lot of it was on cardiac rehab adult fitness and not on strength and conditioning and and strength. Mm -hmm. So, so when you, when you finish school, a big part of anybody's why, when they finish is they need a job, they need money, right? Mm -hmm. They they need to provide for themselves, for them, for their family. But you've been in a situation where you've not only had, you know, some success, you've had a lot of success to the point where, you know, I'm, I'm sure finances aren't, you know, the main reason you're getting up and, you know, driving to campus every day. Talk about what your why kind of started at and maybe changed into as you, you know, became the coach that you are. You know, my why now 
is is uh, and you know was it early on i don't know i mean I, I watch a lot of young people coming up in this profession and you know you're concerned about why they're doing it I mean, for the right reasons my why now and i was it was explained to me by mentors pretty early on your why has got to be for the student athlete and that's why you're there that that's why why you go to work every day that's why that's what brings you to work every day. That's what gets you. I mean, I remember there were times in Atlanta and Georgia Tech, I'd be driving to work at 4.30 in the morning because we had to commute. I had to be there for, you know, 6 o'clock workouts by mm-hmm. 5, 5.30. And, you know, oh, God, how am I going to get my day going? Or how, you know, I'm just tired and just on this drive in. But yet when you got to work and you got around the student athletes, that energized you. And then you, you begin to realize that's why I that's why I can go to work every day. That's why I'm excited to, to get in there every day. Or that's why... I may not be feeling like I want to go to work right now, but I know once I get around the guys, once I get around the student athletes, it's going to, you know, the, the day is going to get good. It's going to get better. It's going to, it's going to get interesting. It always does around 18 to 22 year olds. So, um, <laughs> and that, but that probably has kept me young over the years too. But that's, that's my why is, is it's a service profession, you know, like you're hearing a lot these days. It, it, I guess uh, that's why I like to do it because I'm helping others. And, uh, why a doctor is a doctor, why a nurse is a nurse is because it's that service that wanting to help others. In that. Mm-hmm. That's a great answer. So Jim, how did you come across NDSU? <laughs> you know, getting the, strength again, thing also. Um, and, uh, I was at Georgia Tech as an assistant, my first job out of college for five years in Atlanta, Georgia, then went to Northern Iowa as my first head coaching job, was there for five years. Um, and, and, you know, I'm trying to start to raise a family, you know, it's getting to be, boy, can I do this and raise a family? So I took a step back and went out to the Olympic Training Center for a couple of years, but just missed football and missed the college setting and, the, and that college camaraderie so much, not to mention the development of the athlete was done a lot with the Olympic setting, whereas the college setting, it's, it's about development in that. Uh, working with the football program and a football program like NDSU. Well, I, I was out in the Dakotas when I was out there at the Olympic Training Center. I came out to South Dakota to do a, to do a clinic uh, for uh, a former NDSU strength coach. I didn't know all this at the time, but he was a former strength coach at NDSU here, Steve Bliss. And I went to this clinic in South Dakota. He treated me great. I mean, there were, my name was on the billboard when we drove into the hotel and stuff like Oh, this. man. <laughs> but he, that, was just, that was just Coach Bliss, and I've learned so much from him. And I can get more into that later. But, uh, um, you know, I learned a lot from him. But just his hospitality was pretty pretty cool. And did the clinic out there. Then that, not more than six months later, the job here at NDSU comes open. And I call Steve Bliss, and I say, I said to Steve, hey, you know, you were there for a few years. What did you think of the place? It's a great place. Great Fargo is great. Uh, the program, the athletic program there, has always been a, a priority with the athletic program. They do things the right way. They're classy, you know. And and so I talked to him, and I talked to another person that I, uh, whose son was playing here at the time. I looked down through the roster. And there's a, a safe, Nate safe. And I thought I knew his dad, Scott safe. And I called his dad up. Sure enough, it was his son. And had nothing but great things to say about Coach Bowl and the football program up here. Um, and then, of course, when I got up here, yeah, I saw that first-class treatment and stuff and, and how they did things in, in the first-class way. And, and everybody was worried about the move to Division to, to Division One, And it was like, it kind of rolled my eyes when I saw the facilities. They'd had a full-time strength coach 
at North Dakota State for years beyond what a lot of maybe other Missouri Valley schools had had um, at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, then when I got in the weight room and saw a few of the athletes, uh, okay, this North Central Conference could compete at, you know, at, at, at the FCS level, which was then one double A in that. And, you know, that, that they were going that level also because of my experience at Appalachian State as a graduate assistant in Northern Iowa as a, as a, uh, uh, as a head strength coach there, that level and the playoff system with football, that, you know, David Goliath thing where you're always playing the big teams, whether it's volleyball, basketball, or football, and being able to have kids that want to that get recruited at that level but want to compete and say, hey, I was good enough to play at that level and upset those teams at certain times during the year, that was, that was neat to see, to, to be a part of that again. If you look at your program that you essentially built, you know, the strength and conditioning side of it, what are, what are some things that you hang your hat on that, you know, whether it was you or with the support of the university, you know, what kind of the top three things that you think are incredibly important, you know, to the way you do it? I, I guess, you know, just kind of the, the culture that's involved here and that and being a part of helping develop that culture in the weight room and to take it out <clears throat> on the football field or any of the sports fields, but primarily what I work with now is football, but just that that culture, I can help develop that culture in the weight room to take to the football field, to take to the football locker room, wherever. Um, I guess that's one of the things. And, and just to, to you know, to have developed and the relationships that you've developed with those student athletes, you know, a lot of them like Coop here, still in the area. Um, and that, uh, um, those relationships, that's, that's what I, I, I value and that's what I think was important with what I've done here. And I, I don't know if you get down to the weight room itself, if there's something specific, just maybe the work ethic and, and, and that, that uh, we've, we've got student athletes that, that work hard, that the, the weight room is important. There's a lot of places, there's been maybe a lot of transition in the weight room. There hasn't been that consistency and therefore that's hurt the development of the emphasis that's put in the weight room by the sport coaches much less the student athletes putting the emphasis in there if you've had a lot of transition at that. Hmm. No, that's good. That's good. Um, mm-hmm. So talking a little bit more about uh, the relationship aspect, uh, Jim, you know, um, I feel and a, a lot of the former athletes can attest to this, but, um, you know, when we get here to when we leave, you know, whether some of us go, go to the league or, we're still in town here or doing something else. Um, I feel like the respect level that we have for you as former athletes, I mean, is, is incredible. Can you, can you talk about why, you know, athletes or former athletes can, you know, have that trust or that respect with you? You don't hear about it anywhere else. So like, maybe what are you doing different? Right. You know, I think that's just, the way we do things here at NDSU, I don't know if it's me, you're, you're genuine, you do things the right way. It's about the student athlete. You know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily always about the X's and O's or the wins and losses. Even it's, it's about the student athlete. I think that's, that's, you know, you, you keep, I don't know, the main thing, the main thing, or you're, you're genuine, you're, you're, you're true to that. Uh, you know, and it's also too, it's part I enjoy after the athlete leaves because then I can let my guard down a little bit. We don't have to be on such a regimented time schedule and that uh, to 
to uh, get things done. Whereas sometimes in the weight room, I feel like we're that I have to rush. I don't get to take the personal time when the athlete is currently participating and performing that. Whereas later on afterwards, it's, it's, you know, then, then you can take time for that. And I think it's also a good example for our current athletes to see our former athletes come back around and see that rapport that we have with them. Um, that, uh, um, you know, even, you know, we don't forget about you after, even after you're done playing, uh, you know, you're welcomed in the weight room just as much before that. I won't make you lift, but, uh, um, <laughs> <clears throat> what do you do with student athletes that, you know, have pushed you to be a better coach? Maybe they're, you know, tougher personalities or just tougher people to coach. <laughs> Is there a situation where you've had to grow? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> plenty of those, those situations that, uh, you know, has challenged you to become a better coach, you know, or you've looked at it like you got to look at it like, Hey, this is challenging me to become a better coach. It's, it's not just stressful. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's going to, you know, help you in the future. I, I think, but uh, yeah, you try to spot those opportunities for, you know, they like you always try to spot coachable moments, you know, you got to spot coachable moments, I guess, for yourself too. And, mm -hmm. uh, and take it that way with that, 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 uh, Okay, tougher to work with. And you got to remember, too, not everybody comes from the same background that maybe that I grew up with, you grew up with, or, you know, there's there's a lot of different, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of different things that go into, you know, why maybe an athlete's struggling with you or something like that. Over the years, uh, Kramer, um, what do you, so when you, when you get a freshman and, you know, they graduate, you know, you've seen tons of student athletes come, come and go. Um, what is one thing that you like you see from when a person comes into when they leave that you feel like, okay, yeah, this, he's going to be fine after he leaves here. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's just the, the leadership part. Okay. Um, I guess. And, and maybe it's maybe an athlete that came in that, wasn't as disciplined with his structure in his life and he leaves with you know no i value this you know we had an athlete here this last fall that my wife was working with and it was amazing coming in as a squirrely freshman i know he would have done this but as a senior you know he was budgeting out his money and he was going over this with my wife and how he was okay i'm getting this money from cost of attendance i'm going to put it for this I'm thinking okay would he have done that when he was a freshman you know and hmm. you know things like that just to see that that maturing is 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 gratifying in that and uh just to see that too you know coming as quiet freshman they're probably beaten down a little bit by the upperclassmen sometime um and then hard coaching too but but to see that same athlete three and four years later out there coaching another athlete taking that leadership role holding you know, his, his teammates and his, and his underclassmen accountable to stuff and that that's, you know, that's neat to see as guys go through is that, that leader, seeing that leadership develop. Um, and then, and leaders make leaders and, uh, um, you pass it down there. That's, that's a common theme with our hold each other accountable. That's a common theme in our program with football leaders make leaders. And, and, uh, um, and those underclassmen, I pointed out all the time to them, the freshmen, their first year, Hey, you only got, few more weeks left with these seniors watch how they lead watch how they re, you know react to the playoffs and then the run we may get in there react how watch how they react to a loss or some adversity and then see how they react to that because someday you're going to have to lead a team to do something like that do you have any other examples uh actually i'm going to go back first of all i love that saying leaders make yeah. leaders i i truly i truly believe in that um do you 
Do you have any other examples of where you've taken athletes and really helped them build structure, not only in their, you know, weight training and performance, um, but structure, discipline, and consistency where you've seen that crossover in their personal life as well and other successes? I don't know if there's any specific example. I guess, you know, one might be, I've seen it happen time and again, where an athlete's attention to his diet and how he eats, you know, by the time he's a senior, I mean, it, it, he's detailed with it and he's seen the benefits in his performance or in his body comps and what he can do and how he, he takes that to another level um, and, and takes pride in it, you know, too, with whether it's body comp or his performance or something like that. I mean, um, it, it's, it's neat. I mean, I've seen that out of both, you know, guys that have went to the next level and probably because of that, they've went to the next level. I've seen a lot of guys too, that just, that just uh, have taken a heart to it for health. Of that. Mm. You mentioned earlier, you said you had an athlete working with your wife as well. Um, what does, what does your wife do? Does she, uh, and how does she support you and do her own thing as well? Uh, she works here on campus, uh, customer account services and that. So she has a little bit of interaction Um with the student ethics, just like she has interaction with any student, with any student from that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it, it's, I can't tell you exactly what she does. The business world to me is, is something I steered away from in college. And I just, wanted, <laughs> I got into athletics because it didn't involve, you know, a business part of it. It was, it was about the student athlete in that. And, um, but uh, just, uh, you know, I, I guess she's, she's, it's it's neat hear, hearing her talk about things that she's seen student athletes doing in terms of of money and learning how to fill out forms to get uh, financial aid and things like that. Hmm. Coach, so um, I want to ask, how are you able to recharge year after year? Get the guys going year after year. I mean, it. it you know, even when I first came in '09, we had those couple of tough years, but you have always stayed so intense, you know, and I just want to ask, like, how are you able to do that? I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, it does get old sometimes. I mean, we, what, are, what are workouts and you're getting up at the time you're getting up, but there's always time. Like it's, it's this time of the year, April, May, where things slow down for me a little bit. Uh, guys are in spring ball. They're lifting two days a week. Um, you know, we've come through a hard winter. World. You recharge by getting back in the weight room again with those student athletes. They recharge you. They're the ones that have, have kept me young through, throughout the years. Um, yeah, I know I, I try to explain that to people a lot, that strength and conditioning is different. You know, you don't see many 60-, 70-year-old strength and conditioning coaches. Uh, and it's not because you, you're physically active in this profession. It's just, especially with football, the intensity that you have to bring day in and day out, the enthusiasm um, that you have to bring day in and day out, it gets, yeah, it can get hard. So, you know, this COVID thing's probably put another 20 years on my life. So I'm not going to make it to sit around here for the last month and that. Um, I definitely got my voice back. Usually, uh, you know, by the end of winter workout, <laughs> fall, you know, I've my voice is raspy. I've heard other strength coaches like this, but uh, this is the best my voice has been in years. So. That's hilarious. And it's just you know, I'm not a screamer. Uh, you said it's just that you're in a weight room where there's a lot of noise, 
Mm-hmm. You know, you've got mm-hmm. 20 to 30 guys in there that aren't quiet. All right. <laughs> they don't want to be heard too or whatever. And, and, uh, you know, they like the stereo on and, um, and that's, you're talking over that. So, it, you know, and I'm giving commands out. I'm not just hollering and screaming to scream. Some people may think that, but it's, there's some direction in there too. So you said earlier, you know, you kind of picked this career because you wanted to go the opposite of, you know, the business realm. I, you know, the, the little I've been around it and we'll let Cooper take over. <laughs> um, but I'd argue that you ran, I mean, the, the strength and conditioning program that you run, I mean, is one of the best well-run businesses out there, right? You're in the business of, you know, making people better athletes and it's so disciplined and regimented. And, you know, that, a big part of that is, I'm assuming also you continuing to push yourself as well. Um, what are, what are some ways that you're continuing to, you know, make sure that you're the best coach you can be? Uh, you know, just networking, I think with, with other coaches uh, around the country, um, neck networking mm. with football coaches that, that is a sport I primarily work with now. Um, there's been a lot of time lately to do some of that. Um, usually it gets stuck on one topic and that, but, uh, you know, I, I think networking there, um, you know, I try to read books and, and, and especially your, you know, motivational type of books and that, and, uh, sure. I mean, that, that helps, but you know, it's, it's, it's tough to find that time as a strength coach, just to sit back and read, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just me, but mm-hmm. this, this situation has, has helped out with that. There's, um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's gotten to be from the, the sets and the rep piece, you know, yeah, there's still stuff you need to continue to learn there, but strength conditioning has involved a lot, especially with football into this culture piece and trying to improve your culture, which we're so fortunate to have here. It's just trying to teach the culture and maybe even make the guys appreciate the culture more than I try to teach them how to, taught how to, to change it or, or, or that it's it's more of you know like they were we had them read a book last spring here about this time this summer and it was about this rugby team in new zealand called the all blacks uh, legacy was the name of the book and you know our players are reading mm-hmm. it like okay this is what we do you know you can very easily change the name of the team in here to our team you know and so it's either they the all blacks had gotten from someone else or i don't know somewhere along the line one of coach bowl or somebody picked it up but i mean there's a lot of commonality with with uh, sports teams and how successful sports teams, especially when you have a, a chance to develop a culture with some continuity of, of four or five years with college athletes. There's there's some commonalities there with, with successful sports teams, especially at the college level, where you can develop that commonality. Now, I know people want to always can try to compare it to the business level, but I don't want, and you know, ever since the days of Vince Lombardi would go out and speak to businesses, mm. there are some things with athletics, mm. and Coop could attest to this. There are some things with athletics you can't compare to the business world. I mean, you have it, uh, your secretary dropped down after she messes something up and just starts pushing plates across the office. <laughs> that ain't, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, and, and that ain't going to happen, which I'm not sure how much discipline happens today that you, the business world have your business people talk to the business world because i think the athletic world there's a lot of there's there's some commonalities sure probably but i've always felt like that's tough to transfer from one world to another or that person in the business world 
has got to take that and be creative and transfer that to their world. How would you handle mm-hmm. that in your world? Because you can't do the same thing, even close to the same thing maybe that you could do in the athletic world. I mean, business world, there's not a game every weekend. I mean, even the, even in the uh, book Legacy mm-hmm. the, the, with the All Blacks, they talk about that. You know, like business, you don't have you don't get tested. You don't come back each week and self-evaluate yourself. Really, you have losses, yeah, but the way our players have taken losses around here, it's a chance to self-reflect and look at, okay, how did we – it was, they look back on their preparation. They look back on the practice week, not at the game itself, but they look back at their practice week. And what, what mm-hmm. we, did we get slack on? Or what were we doing in our preparation? What core values, you know, like what core values that you can and can't cross over? I, I kind of, that that's kind of what I'm taking from what you're saying is, you know, they're different, yeah, but they're the I same. Mean, accountability, responsibility, work ethic, mm-hmm. preparation, um, the being of a team is something that's that's was thrown out there in that book. Getting the feeling of oneness within a team, a corporation, or whatever. Um, people buy into that more, and when they, especially when they got something bigger to believe in. Um, but uh, yeah, um, self discipline is something that we're talking about the players with, especially now. It's yeah, I'm not gonna be there to discipline you, and it's just it was the same way before we we started to talk about it. It's got to be self discipline, not just discipline. That you got to teach. Mm. Man, that's good. That was good. I so I'm gonna way off topic here, Coach. Um, so I just saw you got a Twitter now. So <laughs> what? So what made you finally come over <laughs> to the Twitter world? I must ask. I haven't been very good about keeping up with that, but since I started it, just because I figured I, I just because. I was probably getting in too much trouble on Twitter with <laughs> recruiting and things and what I could say and what I could show and that. Um, the reason I came over is just, it's just the way that our kids kind of communicate today. Just the, the fact alone that coach Kramer got a Twitter account, they might, you know, pay attention to me and then maybe think, okay, I haven't lifted today. Maybe I should get a lift in or something <laughs> like that. Just that fact. But you know, it, it, I, I guess my, Maybe my first thing I put on there is extreme times or dire times call for dire, dire things to be done. But uh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, I probably could keep up with it better and it would, it would, it would help. But uh, I just uh, felt like it was another way I could communicate with guys during this time um, to keep them motivated, to keep them excited about it. And yeah, I probably haven't done as good a job as I should. I, I'm still, I, I still sit there during the day and I've, I'm, I feel like a, a lawyer. I got a call with list of guys that I want to call and, and I don't want to check up on them. I want to check in on them, see how they're doing. See, you know, because, you know, we've done some wellness kind of surveys with the players here lately and just wanted to, you know, and, and hey, you know, why are you feeling a three or why are you feeling a two or everything? Okay. How's it going? And especially in these times, that's you want to check in with guys. You don't want to check up on guys. And that's something I've got from an older strength coach than me. So, no, that that's good, and Cooper. That's a hilarious question <laughs> because uh, you know, just this the guys I went to school with, you know, who you know I'm friends with who played football. When when Coach uh, got a Twitter, there was like a little ripple effect, and social media is so silly. But there were a handful of athletes who were like, "Man, if I don't get a follow back <laughs> from Coach Kramer yeah, here, yeah. no, it, it's funny you say that because when I because it's so important to them, started, you know, uh, texting Coach Kramer." 
he we were going back and forth, and he was like, "You better not ask for a follow." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, yeah that's, that's good. Uh, now, props to you though for you know continuing to you know do do your calling, do your job, and check in on you know the people who you serve. You know, you said a lot of key words over and over again. Uh, coach, do you have what are some uh, future goals that you have? You know, for you for the program family do you have any um you know i i guess for the program just to continue this culture um i think it's a neat thing for young people to go through to be able to to come into a a setting like this at a time in their lives when going from high school to college that's a big change but for them for them to be able to come here and and maybe they don't realize it right away don't know what they got right away but three and four years down the road to realize wow, this, this was a safe place to come and grow up and, and, and that. And safe, I mean, I don't mean safe in the, I don't know if safe's the right word, but um, just it, it's a it's a, a good situ- environment to grow up in with coaches that care about you, coaches that push you, teachers that push you, athletic administration that supports you, um, and, and a school that supports you. Uh, so, I mean, to keep that culture going, you're helping a lot of people with that. Um people on the inside, people on the outside. Um, you know, it just uh, for my family, I've got, you know, three young kids now, just seeing them grow up and try to get them, especially my son, around these players as much as I can to, to uh, you know, hopefully some of that, you know, rubs off on them. I remember I had a coach one time say, uh, this is before I even had kids, you know, he, 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 the thing he'd be proudest of is if, if one of his players grew up to be like, Ron or Keith, uh, some of the players that he coached and that, and that's, I mean, that, that's when you're, you have a family and you're in college athletics or athletics in, in general, that's, I, I think that's a real opportunity for kids. You know, there's some tough times with wins and losses and there's some tough times with, with the coaches moving and things like that, but there's some opportunities there to be around some pretty good people and some pretty good mentors growing up. Uh, so, you know, continue that for my family. And I guess the other thing is I just, our indoor practice facility, our athletic program needs it so much, and our student athletes need it so much. And this is not a pitch to anybody here, but just would like to see that thing finished through and built. You know, we'll have a second weight room in there, um, and, and that to, to opportunity to, to build that weight room uh, and pull the culture into that weight room, especially the football program, is something that we'd be really looking forward to. Not to mention just having a you know. <clears throat> You never know from day to day sometimes if this bubble is going to stay inflated or not. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's, uh, mm. it's an adventure, mm. um, but it's you know and sometimes <laughs> that journey you know you just sit back on it. When that new indoor practice facility is built, you've had it up a couple of years, and oh, there's a couple of headaches. You know, the heat's not quite right in there for the receivers. You know, it's oh, come on, warming come on. up for the hamstrings or whatever. But then you right <laughs> back and, and you know, kind of get a good feeling about okay, remember what we had before this, and and uh, you know you'll appreciate. That, just that feeling of appreciation for stuff like that. When, um, you know, when Coach Bowl left and then um, Kleiman, uh, uh, would you say the culture was one of the main reasons that kept you here? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had even older strength conditioning coaches you know, telling me when Clement went to Kansas State, you could be okay going down there and maybe not winning as much as you do here. And <laughs> you kind of sit back and think about some of those days that were rough. But, 
at uh, three and eight and stuff like that. And, you know, that, that, that was some rough years. And then you kind of think about, you know, it, the, the culture having to redevelop it. It's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, oh, you know, to develop a culture like that again and, and to take what you've learned here and try to apply it to someone else. That's a great challenge. That's, that's, that's mm-hmm. exciting. Uh, but yet at the same time to continue that here and to see that the culture, no matter who is at the front of the room in the weight room or in the football offices, okay, who are, or the team meeting room, whoever, who's in front of the room to see something like this culture transcend coaches and, and generations of, of student athletes, you know, every, every four or five years, I call that generations, I guess, but to see that transcend generations, to see that transcend people. And that's, that's when I think you've, you've done something, you've accomplished something is when you leave it. Okay. It just doesn't disappear. I, if, you know, sure. Maybe you make you may, may make you feel good that if you leave it in two or three years, you know, they're back where they started. No, that shouldn't make you feel good. That means you didn't build something good enough to transit, you know, then you should just be one little part of that something you built. And when you take that piece out, somebody should be able to step in there and continue that on. So. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Can we go back to leaders make leaders? Are there any specific situations that you, know, you try to put players in to build them up, to let them blossom? <laughs> Yeah, just I mean, each year, especially during winter workouts, you're looking for that next group to step up and and t- take the take the team by the horns and and you know be vocal and be leaders. And you know, there's no such thing anymore, at least in college athletics or in football, at college. Uh, of a, of a, you know, yeah, you yeah, you got to lead by example. You can be a silent leader, but you've got to speak up and say something. Even the scouts say it's not a real good sign when the scout says he just a silent leader or does does he. Does he really he actually speak up? No, they mm. want guys that will be vocal and, and speak up and be heard in that. Um, so, you know, that challenge of, uh, of developing new leaders each year. Again, that starts when they're freshmen. You watch those upperclassmen. You watch how they lead. Well, you lead your freshman class too, but, you know, but you, you watch these guys ahead of you and, you know, they'll make you into leaders. I mean, learned that early in my career when a college football coach I worked for at Georgia Tech, Coach O'Leary, said, so goes your, you know, so goes your senior class and your senior leadership. So goes your year and that. And, I, you know, it's not just each year. It's, and I, I don't know, I would not argue with Coach O'Leary, but it's not just each year, but I think that, that goes your program. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, just, again, holding each other accountable. You know, it's no, no longer do we have to sit there and, and if a guy doesn't finish through the line or doesn't finish the drill, us coaches don't have to say anything because there's going to be upperclassmen there. Yeah. And it means more when it comes from your peers than when it comes from a coach. Okay. Um, but when it comes from your peers, guys got to stay, step up and take notice and they, okay, this is legit. This isn't, you know, just a coach picking on me or something like that. This is, this, that's I me. Mean, we've, mm-hmm. there's been times where we've had a, okay, guys, these are freshmen. Let's tone it down a little bit. Let's get, let's get them through the drill and not worry about calling everybody, every, every guy back. Cause sometimes, I mean, and that's a good problem to have. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cooper, oh, no, I, I, I agree with him. You know, he's when the one <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, no, he, he's nailed it on the head. I mean, you know, being a, a senior through this program, you know, and, and, you know, when I was a senior, we had, I was just speaking for my, my class, uh, you know, 
um, we had a lot of guys that, you know, calling people back, calling the, the you know, freshmen back. Um, it's, it's, so it's the real thing, you know, days that are bad for conditioning, you know, days that are, that are going to be hard. It's up to the seniors, like Kramer said, to, to lead the group, to make sure that everyone gets through, uh, through the line. So it's, yeah, no, it's leaders lead, leaders lead leaders. Cooper, living your life today, how often do you think about something, you know, you learned that was facilitated, you know, by being in, you know, the coach Kramer's portion <clears throat> of the program? Well, I still, I still enjoy lifting. Um, you know, he tried getting on me here the last couple of days about where I'm lifting. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I, I, I enjoy the lifting part cause Kramer, Kramer made it. I mean, yeah, it was hard. Um, but he really made it fun. You know, I, I enjoy lifting now because of the great memories I, I had in the weight room, the times he picked on me, uh, the times he, I called him cause I ran out of gas. <laughs> that, that, that's a running joke. Um, he had, I think it was Bill, Bill, Billy Turner and uh, I can't remember who else, um, Plank, uh, Jack Plankers came and like pushed me down 10th street and, and Kramer, Kramer was right there, you know, and um, I remember fall camp, uh, there was a cop that pulled me over because we had, you know, some too many guys in the car and, and, you know, Kramer came and and stood up for us. And um, you just, you just, you know, coming from where I come from, you don't see that, you know, and, um, you know, being able to stick up for people and and holding people accountable, like holding myself accountable, you know, it's things that I've learned going through the program, but you know, Kramer is somebody when you go through this program that you see every day, every day, every other day, you know, he's, you know, for me, I would say like a father figure when you come into this program, um, because he's, he's, he's going to make you, um, not fit in, but understand that this is how we do things here. And you're either going to fit in or you're not. You know, and it, it doesn't have to come from him. I mean, you got the upperclassmen, you know, we, we, things are ran different here. Um, and, you know, like I talked when you interviewed me, um, Caleb, Kramer is one of my people that coming through life. Yeah. One of the, That's few, right. you know, a few people yep. that I've learned a ton of just life lessons, you know, and um, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't say enough about this man. Um, the times I text them, it's hilarious. He'll, <laughs> You got to earn that now, uh, underclassmen. You got to You got to earn that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't say enough about uh, Coach Kramer. So, Coach, what do you think of Cooper's uh, new movement he's trying to push with the uh, the whole chiseled dad bot thing? Are you, just, are you are you behind that? As long as it gets a guy in a weight room, we're active. Yeah, so that's hilarious. Yeah, so. But that, that's all I got, Caleb. I don't know if you got anything. Hey, same here. No, I, we really appreciate your time. This is, I mean, this is an awesome conversation. You know, everybody who knows you, you know, is in awe of you. But it's always, you know, good to hear it straight from straight from the source. Yeah, so thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Yep, no problem. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. Appreciate it. Another great podcast, Cooper. Man, I don't know. I can't say enough about that, man cannot say enough about that man um for, yeah. for, for the for the people who i mean as big as ndsu is in fargo no disrespect 
there's quite a few people in the rest of the country. You know, I'm in Minneapolis where NDS who is what they say. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, We're for those done. that don't know, the NDSU football program is very successful. And I mean, coach Kramer is probably one of the top three reasons why, in my opinion, the little I've been around the program, you experienced it, Cooper. Yeah. He, I mean, he might, he might be top one. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I say that respectfully and, and humbly, um, you know I mean? And, and you heard it when he was uh, talking, you know, things that, we do there uh you know he talked about leaders uh lead leaders you know it's you know you got you know your guys there that are going to lead the group and you know just how our system is built you know i think it was um when coach Kleiman took over in his press conference you know he took over for ndsu he said when you come to ndsu there's no rebuild you only reload um and that I mean it's so true. that's tough that's man that's I got goosebumps when I heard when I heard him say that you know <laughs> but but it, it's true though you know when you when you come up there you're 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 one play away from being in the game you know and so and so you got to be able to follow the upperclassmen you got to be able to uh look how they're doing things you know their attention to detail um, how they practice, how they finish drills, you know, things like that, because it's, you're going to be the next one taking the baton, you know, I'm trying to and, come back for that sixth year, yeah, man. Exactly. Like that, that got me hyped. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even, you don't want me on the football field, man. <laughs> People are like, Oh, you, you can jump so high. You'd be a great wide receiver. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Would not be. Yeah. Uh, no leaders make leaders is huge though. I mean, I mean, the re- I mean, our podcast is about relationships and I mean, football is a great, um, uh, an analogy isn't the right word, but they're very similar, right? Yeah. Just a per- personal, just to, uh, your personal life as well. I mean, you need, you need mentors and you need mentees and football is a perfect example of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was, that was a great point that he brought up. And then, um, he talked about the culture and this can be in football. This can be in the business world. If you have a terrible culture, people are not going to be happy to work for you or, or be in the same building, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, NDSU, you look at uh, what they've done over this last decade. Um, It's a strong culture. And a lot of guys want to come there, and the culture is a big part of that, you know. And when you heard Kramer, you know, one of the reasons he didn't want to leave is because the culture. Uh, when you when you build such a, you know, you could say uh, program success, um, at the end of the day, it comes down to the culture. Like, what what have you created? And it's it's tough. It's tough to build a culture like you have now at NDSU. Um, and I mean, anyone anyone can do it, but it's it's tough. You know, I, I remember the, the, the three and eight year, you know, when they get into Eastern Washington, um, you know, it's, it's a grind. We, you know, when those years aren't, aren't as successful, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta keep pushing and, and just keep doing, just keep, keep believing. And, 
you know, as long as you keep that mentality that, you know, not giving up, getting up and, and going to work, um, it, it'll get there, but it's, it's not easy. It's not easy, but um, yeah, the culture is big. Go, going back to the culture and also leaders make leaders. You look at some of the biggest uh, impact players on culture and leadership, and they were also some of the biggest, you know, people that are making, are continuing to make an impact now, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, Carson Wentz with his AO1 foundation, whether it's, you know, Mark Will, you know, with his uh, being a restaurateur, you know, being an entrepreneur, you know, bringing, uh, you know, bringing back a strong, you know, black business presence in downtown Minneapolis. You know, I could keep going, you know, uh, Preston Evans becoming a leader in the financial industry in South Dakota, Cooper, uh, you know, big coop doing all his things, you know, leaders don't stop leading either is what I would add on to it. Yeah. Right. Like football was cool, but there's many different stages in your life. It's just like the story of really successful people never retire, right? They can't, they have to keep being successful. Hey, make, make sure you hang on to that thought that I'm, I'm going to bring that up down the road here. <laughs> I need to chill out right now. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> yeah. No, Coach Kramer was great, though. For people who don't know him, that dude is intense, serious, and he doesn't know it, but the amount of discipline he has, that you can translate that over into any part of your life. Yeah. Whether it's business, you know, physical health, et cetera, learning, et cetera. Yeah. That's all I got, man. Another good one, man. Thanks for your time, Coop. Yeah, thank you, Caleb. And see you next week. See you.